Okay, we'd like to welcome you back to our current event in weekly Bible study for, wow, this is part five, um, for September 26, 2010. Sorry, I'm getting a little bit punchy. It's 2.07, and I am just determined I need to get through this information. Uh, 2.07 in the morning, <clears throat> Monday morning at this point. Okay, let's go further. Next article, 10 reasons to become self-sufficient and ways to get there. Uh, there are now three to five generations removed from the rural backbone that strengthened America. The world at large has undergone a similar transformation as the promise of easier work has created a migration to the big cities. These megacities could be seen as an experiment gone awry. As general well-being has declined with suicide rates and increasing with suicide rates increasing across the world. Crowded conditions, economic strife have led to rampant crime, pollution, corporate malfeasance and a dog-eat-dog type of competition that can be described as a temporary insanity. The economic crisis we are living in, living through has been the final straw for many people as promises of a better, easier, more creative life seem to have been sold to us by the carnival-type tricksters who are laughing all the way to the bank. Here are some top reasons why becoming self-sufficient, uh, and these are basic, fundamental, systemic concerns why undertaking this life change will not be a fly-by-night fad, but rather a long-lasting means of personal independence, and meaning the prudent man foreseeth evil and hideth himself, and prepare, you know, prepare for these things to come. Now, I'm not going to give you the ten reasons, I give you the link to the article you can click on, and then I also give you, they've advertised some books here regarding this, one of them is called The New Organic Grower, Four Season Harvest, Natural Home Heating, Surviving on the Land, When Technology Fails, Fresh Food from Small Spaces, uh, Preserving food without freezing or canning. So there's some good, you know, I just want to give you some resources there. I try to give you a lot of broad resources to prepare for what's coming, both body, soul, and spirit. Everything that, you know, not to say I'm the be-all, end-all, but I try to do unto others as would be done unto me. And I would want somebody to try to do this for me and to kind of have it all in one spot. And um, this next article is kind of interesting. I just saw this, and this has to do with growing in small spaces, growing food. Uh, there's a thing they've got out now. There's no weeding, tilling, kneeling, on, or getting dirty. The tower garden is a plug-and-play vertical garden. There's no need to have a green thumb. The tower garden comes with everything you need to start growing. Now, this is an advertisement, but it was uh, highly recommended by one of the um, groups that I get regular emails from. Uh, and I, again, I don't make any money off this. I'm, I'm just trying to put them, out, or any of these books I'm recommending, I'm just trying to put it out there um, because I think it's something that some people could really benefit from. It is easy to assemble, fun for the whole family to watch. Your food grow from sea to abundant harvest ready to eat for dinner. Tower gardens fit easily on urban patios and rooftop gardens. Anyway, uh, it goes on to explain here how it works. Uh, plants only use 5 to 10 percent of the nutrients and water that is commonly used in conventional and organic farming. That's pretty cool. Uh, <clears throat> you can basically grow your own organic food, which is awesome. Uh, your vegetables will grow in at least half the time it would normally take to grow in the soil. That's awesome too. Grow everything from gourmet lettuces and herbs to edible flowers to beautiful vine-ripened tomatoes. Okay, the tower garden grows 20 plants per tower. You can purchase add-on kits and grow up to actually 36 plants. Grow almost any vegetable, herb, or flower. Requires 5 to 10% of the traditional growing nutrients in water. Fast-growing, produces crops in half the time of tradi traditional soil. 
with a submersible heater, you could actually grow food in colder climate. That's pretty cool. Uh, no growing experience necessary. So that's pretty neat. I gave you the, it's mytowergarden.com. It's not cheap. Okay, I'm going to tell you flat out. It's <laughs> They're charging a premium for this. But, if you're so led of the Lord, I, I wanted to kind of give you that option. It's kind of interesting. Uh, California welfare disaster. Saw this the other day. And it says, um, this was on Steve Quayle's site. It says, this was an article that was sent to him, I, or a letter, email, I think, that was sent to him. He says, I don't have an article for this, just boots on the ground intel in the middle of the welfare mess in California. We have a 12% of the nation's population and 39% of its welfare recipients. Wow, 39% of the welfare recipients. Fresco, Fresno County is in the process of hiring 86 more eligible, uh, eligibility workers to handle the huge influx of applications being taken on a daily basis. I wonder how many of those 39% are illegal aliens. Anyway, goes on to say, I work in the large metro ghetto area, and we take 100 new applications a day, I guess welfare applications, just at this location. The regional centers and outstations take an additional 100 per day, and probably another 100 per day of just Medicaid and food stamps. Now, notice how dependent the population is becoming on Big Brother. And this is not a position you want to be in. Okay, You're ultimately going to be putting your hands, putting yourself in the hands of Satan. Now I understand, if you're in that position, I'm not judging you. I'm saying, I would be praying like crazy for God to, to, to hopefully get you out of, of that position. Because God can make a way where there seems to be no way. Okay, I'm, I'm just, I mean, he created the sun, he created the stars, he created the universe. You know, <laughs> he created us. And there's, is there anything too hard for the Lord? No, there's not. Call upon me and I will answer thee and show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. That's what the Bible says in Isaiah. So he wants you to call upon him. So anyway, let's go further. Uh, the regional center, okay. The average caseload is now double of what is manageable. So we are currently hiring to handle about six months' worth of new applicants. About five months ago, we recruited for the same position, and for every new qualified applicant that tested and passed, only one in four actually showed up for their interview. Uh, that just shows you the integrity of a lot of people out there. We scraped the bottom of the barrel to get 53 people to come to work, and here we are hiring again, and this all admits the mandatory furloughs and promotion freezes. This is going to get ugly. We do not have the office space, parking, or waiting room capacity to handle more bodies, and the stress level of everyone on both sides of the desk's desk is off the charts. I had one, quote, client tell me that based on what he hears on the streets, not to come to work. If ever, they don't get the checks out to you on time. Uh, you can fill in the blanks. So, okay, don't come to work. If ever, they don't get the checks out to you on time. Okay, so, in other words, they're trying to hold them hostage. Uh, here's a link to a job announcement, and then I got the link here, which closes on 92810. Our kids and grandkids have made the move to Montana this summer and don't plan to come back. We are trying to sell and get out and are prepared to abandon ship and head north where the situation presents, presents itself. Sail or no sail, we cover your prayers on the sail and God's provision for our relocation. Yeah, God bless them. 
You know, and I'll be honest, with what I believe coming is coming to America, I think the best place you could probably be is in Alaska. I really do. If you have now I understand, you need to be in the center of God's will. I'm talking about in general with I believe the judgment that's, that is going to be coming to the continental United States. Um, I think one of the best places you could probably be is in Alaska overall. Because I just see uh, massive judgment. For a lot of the reasons I mentioned today, the abortions, the not to say it's not going to come to Alaska, it's just Alaska is a lot bigger place, a lot bigger scale, and I don't believe that the land has most likely been defiled to the same extent as it, it has been defiled here because of all the things that I've mentioned. Okay? Um, not saying it's perfect, by any stretch of the imagination, but that's my opinion. I could be wrong. Okay? But I just, I know I have listeners up there, and um, they've emailed me before, and uh, uh, just wanted to throw that in there. Okay, uh, let's see here. Gold and silver are sounding the alarm. This is something that I had scheduled to actually play. So I'm going to play the short clip here. Okay, here we go. This is just about a three-minute clip here. But it says it's a very good, succinct three minutes that will explain a lot of this situation to you regarding this matter. Gold and silver are sounding an alarm few in the mainstream media want to discuss. Why are gold and silver price alarms going off? First, Western world budget deficits are now totally uncontrolled. Debt is essentially destroying the Western world. Second, the Obama administration has saddled us with enough debt at the federal level to last three generations, all in the name of stimulus. Third, the U.S. Federal Reserve is insolvent and bankrupt. They have flooded the system with liquidity through quantitative easing. They have loaded their balance sheet with worthless loan paper and reduced interest rates to 0% for over 20 months. What have been the results? Paralyzed job growth, record unemployment, record food stamps, and record poverty levels. Gold and silver are sounding the alarm, but food and energy price increases will soon follow. The face of inflation has recently reared its ugly head in commodity prices. The commodity sector is driving food prices to levels not seen since 2008. When higher commodity prices translate into $500 grocery bills, recession-weary Americans may go into economic shock. Energy prices have stayed in check, but this may be the calm before the oil price storm. When oil and energy prices rise rapidly, Home heating bills, home cooling bills, and gasoline prices will join the long list of soaring costs nationwide. Remember when gasoline went to $5 a gallon? A sheer panic ripped across this country. It's coming again, but be prepared for the prices to stay. The combination of sky-high food and gasoline prices may be the final nail in the coffin of the American middle class. Traveling with physical gold coins as insurance will soon become the norm. In many parts of the world, 1996, $50, or $100 U.S. notes are worthless because of the quality of the counterfeits being printed internationally. 
in Europe, American travelers are learning that the U.S. dollar is untradeable on the street. And personally, one gold coin got me out of a very bad situation in Mexico City during the H1N1 outbreak. Make no mistake about what you're seeing, especially with the price action of gold and silver. Both metals are signifying a loss of confidence in the dollar, and particularly in its management team. The price of gold is no longer mental speculation, but rather reality hiding in plain sight. Okay, so that was a pretty, uh, you know, it was a good little video. It really got into a lot of different uh, subjects, and I have stated this in the past that one of the main plans that they're going to use to destroy the middle class is going to be the devaluing of the dollar. And essentially, they're just propping it up right now any way they can prop it up. And they have already been artificially suppressing gold and silver prices for most likely years and years and years. There's nothing backing our money. And when you just create more debt and you just print more money with nothing backing it, you're going to ultimately create hyperinflation. When the money becomes more and more devalued, your dollar is going to buy less and less and less. And it will get to the point where, you know, it may cost you $500 to go grocery shopping and, uh, you know, $100 or $200 to fill your gas tank up. And again, it's all by design. So whatever you can do now on that end, as far as food, water, gold and silver, survival preparations, you know, having a place to bug out to would be a great thing too. And if you don't have any of that, you need to just, you know, ultimately you need to trust in the Lord for everything, okay? And you need to get on your knees because, like I said, God can make a way where there seems to be no way. So I'm not saying this to get you all stressed out, but I am supposed to warn you as a watchman of what's coming. And it's very obvious what's going on here. Here's another article that I got this week. It's called The Ominous Silent Canary and Gold and Silver. This is from... Um, Jim Willie, um, and he says, and he's got a goldseek.com. Anyway, uh, the gold and silver prices have broken out to new highs. Tremendous heights will be achieved. We will see $2,000 gold and then later $3,000. Now, from everybody I've heard, that's a very accurate assessment. We will see $40 silver and then later $70 silver. Uh, it is preordained. It is written. It will be done. Each round of economic stimulus pushes the gold and silver prices higher. Each round of big bank bond redemptions pushes the gold and silver price higher. Each round of sanctioned official debt monetization pushes the gold and silver price higher. Each round of inaction from political delay or stalemate pushes the gold and silver price higher. The only lack of satisfaction from the leaps higher in precious metal prices, comes from knowing that the world as we know it will change as the landscape shows evidence of the economic scars. The supply chain distribution, price inflation, loss of financial security, social unrest, and growing chaos will make it difficult to enjoy the strong purchasing power from high gold and silver prices from a personal holding and investment. But the alternative is so much worse than not holding them in investment. Gold and silver are a vote of no confidence in the paper system. Meaning as you see those prices increase and they can't keep them down artificially, it's basically a vote of no confidence in this paper system. Gold and silver are vast lifeboats during a tsunami. Gold and silver are a stake in the future. Okay, now remember, don't, gold and silver is not to be your idol either. I mean, you're not supposed to put your trust 
in uncertain riches. Okay, So again, I want to try to give you a balanced biblical perspective here. But gold and silver have been used for centuries and centuries as honest weights and measures. Okay, Whereas what we have today is an absolute abomination in God's eyes. It's a dishonest dishonest, unjust weights and measures, which God says in his word that he abhors. So, again, that's something to bear in mind. Here's the next article. Gold breaks physiological barrier. Um, Gold has continued its astronomical ascent, reaching a uh, new record-breaking high price of $1,300 an ounce. Uh, this is the fourth day of a record high gold price. Earlier this week, the precious metal surged after Federal Reserve boss Bernanke said the banksters will provide extra money stim- monetary stimulus to boost the collapsing economy. Notice the video, the last article, and this article all mention how the stimulus, monetary stimulus, is going to further devalue the dollar. And we've got confirmation there from three different sources. The Fed announced it will manipulate the money supply. It will crank up the old printing press machine, known in polite circles as quantitative easing. In a concerted effort to create inflation, the Fed says it is, an artificially, it is artificially creating inflation in response to an unemployment rate that is beginning to rival that of the Great Depression. But everything's great, according to Obama, so don't, don't worry, everything's good, according to Devil Boy himself. Skyrocketing gold prices are happening for a reason, says James Turr, co-author of The Collapse of the Dollar and publisher of Free Gold Money Report. Uh, The precious metals are sensitive to changes in inflation, both actual as well as future expectations. Okay, so enough about that. We've got some confirmation there. Who knows what it's going to do this week. I had a question from a listener, and she wanted to know, um, Cheryl, Hey, Dr. Scott, went to the contendingfortruthsite.com looking for recommendation for silver tenderable coins. Any reference to your offer? Any reference you may offer? Thank you. Okay, my reply. I don't have a document on this, but my general recommendations are to buy from someone local or semi-local, meaning silver or gold, where you can actually go to them to buy either the silver or gold. Preferably, do nothing online or anything that leaves a paper trail. Okay, Flea markets are usually the best place to buy as it is easier to be confidential and they have low overhead at flea markets. So you can usually get better deals. Put it this way. If you go to a coin shop and that guy is in a building and he's paying rent every month and he's got overhead, you're going to end up paying more for the gold and silver, most likely because of his location, because he's got to make a certain amount of money every month in order to pay the bills. And the margins on gold and silver aren't very great, unless like he was selling silver that he had bought for five bucks an ounce and had held on to it till it got to where it's at right now, which is about twenty-one fifty, which is higher than any time I've ever seen it. I, I think it got higher than that at one other time, but. Uh, recently, as of the last decade, I'm pretty sure that's the highest price it's been. So, um, you find somebody at a flea market or somebody local that you know that has hopefully low overhead, and you'll generally get a better deal. Um, I mean, I remember all this is in text format on the PDF. You can go up there and reference this. Uh, I recommend buying a mixture of one ounce, 99.9% silver rounds, which is Normal, they're normally 99.9. Silver rounds, also junk silver coins, like poor condition 
uh, silver coins made in 1964 and before. Uh, things like junk quarters, half dollars and dimes. War nickels are also good. Now I have a whole other explanation on war nickels that, that is good. These are denominations that can be bartered with easily. As you can make change with them, whereas you would not be able to do this if all you had was a one-ounce silver round, or even harder would be a one-ounce gold round. In other words, if you have one-ounce gold rounds, and things get bad, and you go to buy groceries or a loaf of bread, you're not going to be able to make change with that one-ounce gold round. Okay, So again, it's just not putting all your eggs in one basket, is what this is all about. Older United States silver coins made... In 1969 and before, are now in demand because of their silver content. Many were melted down years ago. At one time, these were referred to as junk silver because they had no special collector value. Now, here's another thing. Don't buy anything that has numismatic value, collector value, because all that's going to matter at this point is the silver content or the gold content. Okay? So don't buy things based on collectability, unless you're planning on selling it like now and getting ones that... Because if things got bad, nobody's going to care if it's a collector, collector, collectible coin. They're going to care what's the silver and what's the gold content, okay? Now, maybe there's instances where they would, but you're much better off doing what I told you to do with just buying basically the, the junk silver um, or just one-ounce silver rounds where you're not paying for some numismatic proof set value or something, Um Okay, however, times have changed. Today's junk coins are becoming harder and harder to find. One dollar $1 face value of silver dimes, this is kind of neat, weighs the same and has the same silver content as one dollar in silver quarters, which also weighs the same as one dollar in silver half dollars. For example, ten dimes, four quarters, two halves, all have the same weight and are 90% pure composition. Meaning, when you buy a pre-1964 before uh, silver coin, you're getting the coin is 90% silver. It's not 100, it's not 99.9, but it is 90. And people that barter, you can easily determine the weight because if you had, well, let's say you had um, a pound of um, a pound of silver quarters, you weigh them, and then what you do is if you want to determine the actual 99.9% silver content, is you just times the 16 ounces in the pound by 0.9 which would be 90%, and then that'll give you the actual true silver content that you actually possess in that one pound of silver quarters. Okay, So that's how you determine. It's pretty simple. Um, then I give a little excerpt here on the silver war nickels. Now these were only made from 1942 to 1945, and I'm not saying load up on these, but they would be a great way to make change. Uh, silver war nickels were produced in the United States from mid-1942 through 1945. And I actually give you some, I give you three pictures here of Silver War nickels on how to distinguish them uh, in, the, in the PDF file. The coins were manufactured from 56% copper, 35% silver, and 9% manganese. All you're really going to count is the silver. Of course, copper really is worth a lot of money right now. There's people that are breaking into churches and doing all kind of crazy stuff in order to get copper now. But it's still, I mean, as far as weight goes, it's nowhere near what silver's going to be worth. Anyway, it's 35% silver per nickel. 
This allowed the saved nickel metal to be shifted to industrial production and the military supplies during World War II. Evidently, they didn't need a lot of silver. Okay, Silver nickels are distinguished by slightly different coloration than ordinary nickels and by the appearance of a large mint mark above the Monticello Dome on the reverse side of the coin. The marks are S for San Francisco Mint, D for Denver Mint, and P to indicate production at the Philadelphia Mint, which the other, other nickels won't have that. So you know it's a war nickel, not only by its date, by, but by its mint mark. Um, let's see here. Uh, the, the Philadelphia Mint was the first coin to feature the Philadelphia initial, as no mint mark was the usual designation for the Philadelphia mintage before 1979. In other words, it didn't have any mint mark. It was from Philadelphia. But these did. These war nickels um, from mid-1942 to, to 1945 did have that. Note that some of the 1942 nickels were produced without silver content, meaning it was they were produced from the mid part of 1942. Okay, so some of them didn't have silver content. These will have a small D or S mint mark to the right of the Monticello on the reverse, or in the case of the Philadelphia minted coins, no mint mark at all. And again, this 28-page PDF will be available with the teachings tomorrow, and I'm finally done here. It's 2.33, and we look like we got through this last part pretty quickly. So, um, God bless you. Uh, I'm all caught up here now so we can start fresh for next week, Lord willing. Um, may the Lord Jesus Christ richly bless you. I truly pray that God guide every one of you in your affairs and that you, you just are led of the Lord. Absolutely, 100% blessed and led of the Lord. I care about my listeners. I pray for you and, and I, I want to see you I want to see you all be used mightily of the Lord in the coming days and times ahead. And I do believe he's going to use the remnant in a mighty way. And I'm not saying it's not going to be hard, but I do believe that he will use the remnant, particularly the remnant that is taking action now and preparing, and and not preparing spiritually, preparing physically, doing whatever the Lord's telling you to do, before it really gets bad, at least in America I can say that. Now I know other parts of the world, it's already been bad. So this, you know, God bless you if if you're in those other parts of the world. Um, But I think that if the Lord were looking down, that, you know, he would choose to use the ones that were preparing for this time, they were foreseeing the evil, you know, and... um, being obedient to what he's telling them to do. So let's just close this out in a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this day, this time that you've given us. I thank you for letting me do this study. Um, I do pray, God, that you bless my listeners. The blood of Jesus Christ be over them. I pray to God that your angels would encamp around about them, Lord, that you would use them mightily in the day and times to come, that you would forgive us for any and all sins we have committed in any way, shape, or form, as we forgive those who have sinned against us, that you would cleanse us from presumptuous sins and secret faults, that they would not have dominion over us and hinder our prayers that the words of our mouth and the meditations of our heart would be pleasing and acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. And uh, I just pray your name be glorified through us, Lord. You use the body of Christ and the remnant to lead many people to the Lord Jesus Christ. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.